Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of Prem Talk from Match Day FM. About a week off or so, but we are back. We being myself, Chris Coughlin, and the Right Honourable Thomas Whitehead. How are you doing, Chief? Good, sir. Very good. Very good. And yourself? Very good indeed. Well, we get on to why we're feeling so good in a minute. I'll uh, I'll just read out the rest of the uh, Premier League scores from Match Day Nine first of all, and it started. For the Friday night game, Arsenal versus Aston Villa. Arsenal winning 3-1 there. Then a thumping win for Chelsea against bottom side Norwich, 7-0. Uh, Crystal Palace 1, Newcastle 1, Everton 2, Watford 5, featuring a hat-trick for former Everton striker Josh King at Goodison Park. Leeds needed the 94th minute equalised to draw 1-1 against Wolves. Southampton drew 2-2 with Burnley. And City won 4-1 at Brighton in a very ominous display. Uh, Leicester won 2-1 at Brighton. West Ham beat Tottenham 1-0. And the final game of the weekend, which you can't lie, we are going to focus on for the first part here, was Manchester United 0, Liverpool 5. Uh, there's no point denying it, Tom. Me and you, we, we enjoyed it very much. Um, our good friend Chris Stott probably didn't enjoy it as much, it's fair to say. But um, focusing on, because there was plenty of good, you know, you can look at both sides of the argument, of course you can, but Focusing on what was good in the game, uh, how happy were you with what you saw from Liverpool? Uh, very, very, very good. Um, I think Liverpool just sort of continued their form they've been showing, the sort of from game to game now, whether it be the Champions League, the Premier League, or even further on from that, the League Cup, they're just sort of playing in this continued run of just putting in high high quality performances no matter what the personnel um i think most people knew what you're going to be getting from Liverpool anyway as soon before that match even kicked off you know exactly the way they're going to go about it um so yeah i mean i wasn't expecting anything different to what i actually saw on the day admittedly that's not even and i know a lot of people said this, that's not even the best i've seen Liverpool playoffs this this season in fact yeah um, it was a good performance but but it wasn't the best by a by a long shot. No, no, it played better than that. Um, but obviously, still needs to be. It, it, I mean, regardless of how bad Manchester United were, you still expect Liverpool to play to a higher to a higher level anyway when you play Manchester United. So they weren't they weren't taking it for granted at all. I think when Liverpool have gone to Old Trafford in in recent years, I, I think it's fair to say certainly within the last decade, another one at Old Trafford last season on, on route to finishing third, but. So often, isn't it? They played the occasion as opposed to the team because I think that they'll think for themselves there are Manchester United teams that Liverpool could and should have beaten down the years but, but haven't at all traffic. But it was very much a case of Liverpool taking on the team uh, in, in yeah. Manchester United because when you look at, I think Paul, well, Paul Scholes said himself, didn't he, where if United played like they did against Atalanta, they'd pretty much be lambs to the slaughter in Liverpool within five minutes showed that and it certainly the first half it was a clinical display yeah i mean just taking the chances you got really it was i mean i i think that for what took me was that just the first the first goal just seeing the absolutely huge space that was in behind yeah, the defense five minutes. yeah i just astonished that i just felt you couldn't even I mean, from that first goal i think kind of set the tone if anything yeah the first goal did set the tone because it just the defense you know, was just awful no, genuinely, like I, I, because we we see, 
The mad thing for me about the first goal was that you've got Luke Shaw ending up at centre back in a three on one situation after five minutes. No, but that's what that's you what see Anthony Taylor's me. almost outrunning the midfield on the way to on checking <laughs> yeah. the goal. It's just incredible. Yeah. No, I mean it wasn't even I mean as good as the goals were. There weren't even a lot of them weren't even that hard to finish. Like Kaita's goal, most people could have to be honest, that was one on one. I mean, De Gea's a great keeper, but you expect Kai to be burying that every day of the week. Um and then I think for Salah's goals, I think the one that I, I think was his hat trick goal where he dinked it. Yeah, and it's one of them where his, his second touch wasn't even the best. But no, exactly. I remember, I remember seeing the thought. I thought he dragged it. I thought he screwed it personally. I thought he dinked it. I thought it was going to be De Gea's, to be fair. So no, it was one of those where it felt like everything we were hitting went in by about <laughs> half time. But he is, he is just a I think what was surprising was just how bad United's defence were. You'd seen how well Luke Shaw and Maguire were did what did at Euros as well. Yeah. So you know, it, it's a bit strange how players who, who've shown the world class exploits and talents they have in international football suddenly just put in a performance like that. I, I know Maguire's been injured, I see, so he, there is a bit of mitigation there, but it's not that bad, come on, even after coming back from injury, surely. No, um, do a good job to the other Liverpool's goals, but just before we go on to Manchester United, oh, he is the, the man of the moment, arguably, in world football. Uh, he's got Madame Tussauds figure. He's uh, he's <laughs> going to become part of the Egyptian school curriculum as well. Um, <laughs> so that. You know, is, is this the best you have seen from Mo Salah? Even when you think about his, his 2017-18 season where he broke the single-season yeah. Premier League goal-scoring record in a 38-game season. Um, and is, is, the, is this the best you've seen of Salah, even though it, it's it's the best part of four years on since since that season? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it is. Because it's just, it's just going from game to game. Is it 10 games in a row? Like Even in that original that original first break, the breakthrough season, the debut season where he set it, set it, set it all alight. It, it was a, a lot of goals, but I just remember it being seemed to be, not even just week in, week out, game in, game out now as well. Because the Champions League performance was on another level as well. So it's, yeah, for me, it's it's just, yeah, it, when he's in that kind of mood, it just seems like he can just produce the most extraordinary stuff. Like the stuff we've seen the best two in the world who I won't name to talk about. But they're up. yeah, it's that kind of thing. We're seeing it consistently now, which is yeah. quite scary. It's because it, it's those it's those goals, isn't it? Like the goal he's... Because I remember that, remember that goal he scored against Tottenham at home that we went on to draw, I believe, was yeah, that? Yeah, well, it, it, it's quite... Because it is similar to the, the Man City one, isn't it? But yeah, exactly. Both, yeah. both games ended 2-10. And that, Watford as well. I think it's people saying Lewandowski... Salah, Jorginho's been thrown in the mix as well. Do you think, I I personally think it's down between Lewandowski and Salah. I think Jorginho for his, his achievements, I think that's what makes people towards it. But I think it's between those based off Lewandowski's achievements over the last two years and Salah's form right now. Obviously, the, the voting has actually closed for the, uh, for the Ballon d'Or, so we'll wait and see. What, uh, what happens and uh, it'd be very exciting to see who, who uh, claims the uh, the award this year. But on Manchester United, you know, we're recording this later in the week and I think, I don't think it's out of order to say a lot of people probably would have expected us to have been talking about a managerial change at Old Trafford. Um, 
did you expect us to be talking about a managerial change at Old Trafford? You know what? No, not at this point. I still, there's still, there's still see, I don't know what it is. It's something, if anything, he's put himself into kind of the ultimate hole he's dug because he's got, still got the support, you can tell, by his former colleagues in being the manager and his play and his teammates that are in the media. I mean, they'll, have you noticed that they'll, they'll criticise everything surrounding him, but they won't actually lay the glove, will they, on him, metaphorically. And um, it, even in past seasons, though, it seems that he always seems to put, have like a really low moment, last season's being being knocked out of the Champions League in the group stage, then picks up some results, and then he kind of just goes from there again. It seems that he does that a lot, but is it, is it the same they're giving him the next three games, at least? Is that... That's what I've heard. So it will be Tottenham right. away this weekend, then yeah. Atalanta away in the Champions League, which would not be nice. And Atalanta were missing six players against United the other week. Yeah, I, I almost discovered that actually. Pat. I didn't even know that was a case before yeah, that game. The no, third I just of that those three games would be the Manchester derby. <laughs> so it's it's not the easiest three games you could be given. No, but I just I think the case has just always been there. Though even before Liverpool, before it's just not. On the same level as the the managers of the of the free essentially the freeway that has now turned into the freeway title race that we can all clearly evolving into, he just hasn't got that level. He just isn't as good. Simple as that. He is not as good. And I and again, I know it's been regurgitated. He is a nice guy that you can't really dispute that. But unfortunately, nice guys aren't going to win you the big trophies. And so, um, but you, but again, many people, I myself, were saying this well before this, even before the season started that. He's just not up to the same level. It's just, it's a bit weird how they seem they seem to be clinging on to this romantic vision of the ex-legend leading to glory. I mean, Chelsea had the same aspirations, didn't they, with Lampard? And as soon as they saw he was just not up to the level they wanted, they did what Chelsea do, and lo and behold, now found themselves competing for the title. Abramovich so, did say that that was a very hard decision for him to make as well which yeah, you're in the respect for Frank Lampard at, at Chelsea and I think exactly. United, I'm, I'm just looking at the the odds now I mean Antonio Conte is the clear favourite in the bookies uh, yeah. when, when, it, when it comes to United but I think the interesting one because we, we discussed this with uh, some of the lads this week Conte would want full control which is one of the issues that Happened at Inter yeah. Milan, really, because there was a willingness to sell players. Is it just, want is to sell it just, players. But aren't they scared that it could just eventually evolve into another Mourinho, where the whole thing just erupts and the whole thing just and just ends ends, but, yeah, but but in, in a volatile way. Maybe the scarred from the Mourinho experience. I think if you look at the transfers at United as well this season, I mean, Varane's obviously injured at the moment, but you've got Jaden Sancho, who the club have effectively been chasing for the best part of two years. Oh, he does he's on, the set and he's on the bench. Scandalous then, that, you know. They signed Cristiano Ronaldo, sensational return, mm. fanfare all over the world. I think it's the highest selling shirt um, in a short possible time, arguably of all time. But now you're getting questions saying, is Cristiano Ronaldo actually harming United's pattern of play? Because no, no, I, I do disagree press. with that. I do disagree with that. I mean, yeah, we, we know, you know, but again, have we seen Ronaldo ever do that much pressing, even in a prime, his absolute prime? 
let's be I fair. Know, I, I, I suppose that, that is a fair comment, but again, you're looking at then if he can't press as as a striker, where they were saying about you, exactly, exactly, going to pressing forward. But then is Rashford going to press? Is Bruno Fernandez going to press? Exactly, is going to press. Exactly, you need you know again with Ronaldo, uh, you know exactly what you're getting from him. Really, you you know the guy will just score the goals. Simple as that. Any kind of goal, he'll score it, and in such numbers as well. But when it comes to the idea of the pressing as a team, you'll need to find other personnel to do that. And we all know that, which is why, again, which is why another reason why Ole gets shown up. He just, I, I mean, surely he's got to have realised that by now. But then, who knows? And again, I feel, again, this is, I actually feel a bit sorry for that. I was, I was seeing one of the opinions I saw was that the idea that could he, could Solskjaer walk even? jump before he's pushed kind of thing but then I, then I saw I saw a video saying he won't because if anything <laughs> he's been coerced a bit hasn't he to think he can actually do the job like Neville and um, Fernand both in the start vociferously uh, v- 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 offered their support um, throughout and then the, I think he's kind of developed this, this superiority complex that he can actually still do it even though he's been shown up I think ultimately it's his dream job, isn't it? And he would yeah, want to walk yeah. away. Which yeah. you can't you can't blame Oligon and Solskjaer for, but yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna touch on the game at the weekend. But there is of course there's pressure, of course there is the day, there's pressure the day that you become Manchester United manager. But it's uh it's certainly gonna be a telling week or so you feel. In, uh, in, in two competitions as well for, for United. Now, if you're enjoying this, then why not check out our blog? You can find it on our website. Just search for Matchday FM. So looking ahead to the weekend, because uh, we, we didn't have a podcast last week, there was the, the news that emerged from Newcastle that Steve Bruce left his job it was by mutual consent as per the club's statement um, just looking at the odds to for those to take over in Newcastle now you've got the former uh, Dortmund manager Lucien Favre who's the favourite at the moment around 4-1 to one. he was in talks with Crystal Palace on the summer but that fell through Leonardo Jardim former Monaco boss Paulo Fonseca as well as in there Roberto Martinez um, Lampard Eddie Howe etc um, Tom first of all on Steve Bruce's departure what were your Thoughts towards obviously, I think the word inevitable was thrown about a fair bit in the media, and I think rightly so. But do you have sympathy towards Steve Bruce as well? Yeah, I do. I do because he'd done what I was expecting of him the past two seasons and kept Newcastle up. That's all he was asked to do, and he, and he fulfilled that quota. So he'll he'll feel like he'll done his job there. And then <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anything for, I don't think he foresaw any of this happening so it's all been thrust upon him really um, now when he's with, I mean like I said the way social media is in the moment um, yeah the, just some of the stuff he was receiving was not acceptable or not fair in any way shape and form and I know and, and we all know he's never gonna he's never the same level as manager as what the others are and that's, that's not you need that I think he knows that already but that doesn't justify any of the abuse he received so I think, in a way, it's sad because obviously it's the club at his heart that he's got. Yeah, that's close to his heart, and he's ended not in the best of ways he'd have wanted to. But he'll know that if they stay up the season and go on to 
get better through bigger and better through the through the money they've received the takeover. And I think you might think about it as well, perhaps the, for the greater good. But yeah, he'll, he's he's got thick skin. The man's managed to done a thousand games, so I'm pretty, I'm sure yeah. he'll, he'll get through it. But yeah, um, no, I think in, I think in the short term it'll hurt, but in the long term, I'm sure he'll be okay. I think that was the thing for me, just giving him the thousandth game in charge of in charge of you know, the, the club he supports. Ultimately, he didn't go to plan against Tottenham, but nevertheless, and after that, it was a few days later that, that he lost his job. I think a lot of us were probably thinking that they'd have someone in by now, to be honest. But when, when yeah. you're looking at it as well, because Newcastle, they're winless so far, they're in the bottom three. The task now, really, when they're coming up to January, because the problem is when you have when you have a billionaire takeover in October, you can't then spend yeah. it. You know, you're, you're a bit like a kid at Christmas. You think you're right, you're waiting for the Christmas presents. You want to open them all, but you can't until uh, until, until just after the New Year. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, I'm, I'm sensing when trying this when I'm finding this new manager, I sense that this vacancy might be harder to fill than what you would think because anyone who's looking at it say right, it's a new project, but it's already looking extremely difficult because the squad they have is clearly might yeah. just be good enough to stay in. So they need so the so they'll be looking at thinking, right, I need to be they're, they're entering into a relegation battle. And then and then whoever goes in as manager knows that they'll only be the first stepping stone really onto the what they'll they'll be there just to fill the gap really until the next big thing. And I know I think they know that in their heart of hearts. And also because it's the first manager in this new setup, none of them have any any sort of um, any predecessor or precedent to go off of what what this, what these owners expect or how trigger happy they are with the <laughs> firing yeah. and firing. So it's the it's the unknown quantity of thing that might be causing a bit of hesitation amongst potential candidates. And when they get to January as well for the transfer window, if they're in the bottom three and they're trying to sign players, let's be honest. If these players, they'll want big wages because they know the club are capable of giving them big wages of course we'll have to see what situation they're in with FFP etc but if you're a player and you go into Newcastle and they're maybe still in the bottom three uh, just after just after the new year you know you've got a challenge arguably of Newcastle to find finding players whose heart's in it when Mm. they're thinking to themselves and this this will be the opinion of many people that you're going in and you know you're going to get big wages regardless of whether or not you pull the club away from the relegation zone. So that in itself, you're trying to find players with the heart, like you know, say Arthur Maximan, for example, wonderfully talented player. And I think he will get a move that furthers his career sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. But you can tell he genuinely cares about Newcastle. Oh yeah, he does. He he puts in the effort. You know that. And, but still, if you're a player there, I even sense a bit of what they're all still a bit. Where do we stand here, kind of man? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's not the same under underdog. It's not the same just all in it together, stay up kind of mentality. You've they've been accustomed to the past two seasons. It's completely changed now. It's like you know the richest club in the world. It's sort of like. <laughs> Giving an average Joe the lot the, the ultimate lottery prize, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's uh, another when they're winless. It's it's another very tough game for them on a Saturday three o'clock at home to Chelsea. Yeah, they did well to get the draw though. 
I felt they got a bit lucky, like, but um, the, was it, the VAR come to their rescue, didn't they, in the controversial circumstances? Against Crystal Palace, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, you say controversial, if you've got a if Mark Way, he had a handful of Newcastle players' shirts, so I, I think... Yeah, I did watch it. Yeah. When you score a like Callum Wilson's, you want the minimum of a draw, to be honest. No, I, I yeah, they've taken that. It's, yeah. It stops the rot anyway for now, yeah. so maybe they can go on to potentially start picking up some more points consistently. It's a funny one, isn't it? But because for, for Chelsea, look, they've thrashed Norwich 7-0. I don't know how much we can actually take from that game, to be honest with you, because Norwich, they look like they're struggling even more than previous Premier League seasons, whether they haven't learned or the recruitment's not been right. But for Newcastle, it's, it's how you stop this Chelsea team. Because first of all, pretty much how do you score against this Chelsea team? Um and then secondly, it's it, it's keeping them on the other end because even the fullbacks now are chipping in Ben Chilwell three goals the last three games for East James, second goal of the season at the weekend. It was basically defensively solid, but I've goals from everywhere. Yeah, it's basically an exhibition that last weekend, wasn't it? For the for Gareth yeah, Southgate. I think exhibition is the right word. <laughs> really um, how do you how do you stop? I don't know. I've I'd pity them already, really. But um I mean, you never know. You never know, but Chelsea. I think like, so it's it's the worry for worrying about Chelsea. I think out of the top, out of the the, the freeway title race, I think Chelsea's the one you can actually concern with how you're going to score against rather than how you're stopping scoring. Well, they've only conceded three goals so far. Two of them were penalties, and one of them was deflected. Exactly. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. You, 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 on impossible. That for me is equally as scary as the other two with their uh, attacking tell. I mean, obviously Chelsea have the attacking tell, Romelu Lukaku. I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not playing that down in any way, shape, or form. But defensively, they are the best out of the three, which is probably why even I've heard at some stage, uh, some already marking them out as potentially their ones that are going go on to win it because yeah. of the combination of both going forward and the back. But like I said, you never know. Um, but. I think Newcastle might just see even as even now as a free hit, to be honest. That's yeah. all they can really do. And just give it a go and see yeah. what happens. No, I think uh it will be it'll be electric atmosphere, of course, in St. James's Park. But uh we we are probably expecting Chelsea to see the job through there. Um we're gonna see we're gonna see Antor Dex at As long as they're the right I think I'm thinking about I'm thinking about I'm thinking about Love actually there, aren't I? What he calls them. No, uh, yeah, just sat in the correct order this time so to give the the people of Twitter who are a bit OCD the um <laughs> not to cause I, them I any unnecessary distress. Attacked. I feel personally <laughs> attacked, Tommy. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Um, we talk, we've, we've touched on it already. Um, Tottenham versus United. Um, is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the only manager in this game with pressure on his job? Because it's it, it's been a funny old start for Nuno. It has. I mean... If, I mean, it was from that that high of beating City, wasn't it? Where <laughs> where we were all a bit, hmm, could this actually be something a bit different? Like maybe this could this could be a bit of an interesting one. Because Kane didn't play in that one, did he? Against no, City, no. So I... so so people were I'm suggesting that because of the pressure on Kane, it might have been detriment to the team. But no, you can't really. If Kane's if the the, the fully firing Harry Kane Spurs have. They're a, they're a match for anybody, and yeah, they they could be anyone on a day, anyone in the league. But because Kane's been in such poor form, 
and not the same Kane as what we've seen in the past few seasons because of the, because of the immense standards he's set himself. It's become difficult for Nuno really because I think Nuno always finds himself the issue of if you don't play Kane and it goes badly, then prepare to have the whole wrath and fury felt. And then if he does play him, which you would any manager would, and he doesn't have the form, then obviously they will suffer. So I think he keeps finding himself in that situation. It's not been going too well for Spurs even now. I mean, they're what sat in six. We're not. Uh, no, by no means top four is nowhere near last course. Yeah, it's only two points out of it, but it's just he's already finding himself. I think he's finding the difficulty of what other Spurs managers have felt the past couple of seasons, whether it be Jose Mourinho or even going for Max Pochettino as well. It's not, it, despite the riches they seem to have, it's not the the dream job which so many want, really, is it, at the moment. No, and I think the European performances haven't really helped either there in, in the Conference no. League. They're actually third at the moment in their Conference League group behind uh, Ren and Vitesse, which I looked, I genuinely did look at it and think, look, for, for, for what people said the Conference League would be like, it really wasn't the nicest draw when you have an Eredivisie team and a Ligue 1 team when you consider the other teams that are in the competition. I, th- I do think that's a fair comment. But regardless, it, it, it is a, the reason why I say it's a funny situation is just because they, for the quality they have, apart from Son, they haven't really shone this season. No. Against, but I, but I don't think, I don't think Leafy will be that, that, I don't think for him the crux of it lays in the Conference League. He, I mean, like, I think he, just, I think he, but what I'm saying exactly, is, like, he, 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 just, he just wants that, that return to the Champions League, really, no matter yeah. how they go about it. But when you consider the quality in that competition, it's one of them where then if you know, we talk about Tottenham's hunt for a trophy, and ultimately, yeah. whether people highly regarded or not, the Conference League would constitute a trophy. Well, obviously, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be the same as the Europa League where oh, should course, you win that course. you get in the Champions League. Of course it's not. Unless Spurs won the guaranteed Europa place, in that case, win the Conference League. What I'm saying is, given the almost mockery of the Conference League, their performance so far hasn't been what people might have expected. But yeah. when you... Conversely, when you look at it, yes, they've only scored nine goals so far in the league, but I was hearing the other day, when you look at you know, the, the, the way Kane and Son ripped apart United at Old Trafford last season, of course, this is at the top of the stadium, but yeah. given the way United are defending as well at the moment, could this be a game where Son and Kane just click? Yeah, you could, it could be one of those. Yeah, actually, if you just... If on their day, if that's an on their day day, if that makes sense. <laughs> then <laughs> on their day day day. They, yeah, then um, yeah, United could be in real trouble. They'll they'll have seen that. They'll seen the game against Atalanta. They'll seen the game against Liverpool. And they'll surely if you're Kane or Son, you're thinking, oh, we could easily get a few against these if we really, really, really put ourselves to it. That, uh, that that's what makes it worse for United the way because all the teams around them, the teams that they're coming up against, are seeing how easy it is to score against them. And they're seeing how horrendous their defensive stats are as well. We've we saw on Sky. I mean, it, like I said, if you other teams watch these games and they'll see they'll see how how much of an opportunity it is just to go just to get at United, how much of a wounded animal they are to go for at the moment. But then again, United United with the quality they have, they they can see they can easily look at Spurs and just think 
yeah, they're not exactly onto the best either. We could easily have them. It's, it's one of those where it really could go either way. You're listening to Matchday FM. It was his number hoot. We all laugh now. Was there any point when you were just like, please stop? I remember watching that match and I was thinking, when is this going to end? I was meant to be going to see uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine and I just kept saying to me, like, you know, just watching the end of this match and then <laughs> 10 minutes later, you know, another Patience. text, where are you? Yeah, it still hasn't finished. And to be honest, that's probably why she's an ex-girlfriend of mine. Huh? <laughs> I was going to say, blame, blame John Isner for that, I was. Yeah, and, uh, and Nicholas and who yeah, both of them. This is Match Day FM, home of sporting banter and debate. And we'll round up this week's episode with our awards. And I think we'll switch it up. If people go for goal of the week first off, who have you got for that, Tommy? Going for the, uh, actually the first game, the uh, in the Arsenal game, I've gone for Villa's Ramsey, Jacob Ramsey. I mean, that's the last but if I like aesthetically pleasing goals where if you were to literally put the postage stamp, that yeah. goes in. I just, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, for me, it's just so cleanly hit as well. It is perfect. I, I, I thought that actually from the reverse angle, if you picked up the ball with your bare hands and walked up to the goal and put it in the top corner with your hands, you couldn't actually do it any better. Lovely, no. lovely goal, that. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for a lad who I am a massive fan of. I say it week in, week out. He'll pass the ball five yards and I'll go, well done. But uh, now nah, Yuri Tielemans, special, special player, and another brilliant goal. He's got two brilliant goals this week. Potential future Belgian captain, from what I've heard. Quite possibly. He is a special midfielder. He really is Yuri Tielemans. And uh, his brilliant goal from outside the box for, for Leicester against Brentford on, uh, on Sunday. Uh, and we'll go now for... You see, I think, I think these could be a clean sweep, these next three, but I stand to be corrected. <laughs> Um, we'll go for manager of the week. What about I? You know, I'm gonna go for Ranieri. Oh, okay. I mean, to come back from that was so woeful That's what they had in the is to, to that. I mean, I know I'm gonna I do apologize to to our, our Evertonian section. I do, I do, but just I mean, even even they were even losing in the Everton game as well. I mean, I, when you watch it back. As, I mean, would you think Everton lucky to be in the league? I won't say lucky. No, that's wrong. Everton took their chances, and you have to give them credit for that. But Watford did have so there was so much that to offer as well. It just, it just took me by surprise when I watched that game back. For this, the same team that you watched a week ago. Like, yeah, it, it, it was the, the ultimately you know they punished Everton for poor defending later on in the game. But yeah, I can absolutely see why you've gone for for Claudio Ranieri. There, that, that's a very respectable shout after last week. It's not. It's more. It's more. Just. It's more the complete transition from one week to another, rather than just that. Yeah. It's that for me is more of more of it rather than just the actual performance on the day. Yeah. You've got me thinking about whether I should switch up my opinion now. I've got. I. I know. I know my other two ones. I'm just just wondering if I should change (laughs) my manager at the last minute. And to be honest with you, I am. I am actually going to change at the last minute because yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for David Moyes because oh. <laughs> he has got West Ham. But when he came in, of course, there were questions, lots of questions. But he put West Ham into last year after finishing sixth, after keeping them up, and he currently got them fourth in the Premier League through to the next round of the Carabao Cup. Having yeah, I was going to say the City on penalties. Yeah, their midweek effort. So and, you can. I can certainly see your argument now. But purely for the win against Tottenham as well, 
one, you know, a 1-0 win, another McAntonio goal, another Aaron Crosswell assist. I think David Moyes is fully uh, worthy of manager of the week. But uh, there's no budging on my other two, put it that way. Um, Tommy, player of the week? Oh, uh, tough one. Uh, is it? No, just, is just, it really? just no. I, I, I'm being sarcastic. Just, just for that, just for the hat trick. So, uh, I mean, anyone scores a hat trick at Old Trafford, just for us. I mean, I, they, they go down in our folklore, and um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, just, just, just the fact that it's just the way he plays at the moment. I mean, as Palace United, where even if you were to put a world class defense in front of, him, I still think he'd have got one or two in that game. Just the way he plays at the moment, it's just. Frightening. Um, so no, easy for me that one. He was actually one of two players this week to get a hat trick and an assist because Mason Mount managed that as well. Oh, However, Mount Mason. One of them was against Norwich and one of them was against Manchester <laughs> United. So Norwich seemed like Norwich seemed like the harder game, to be honest. <laughs> uh Mo Salah gets player of the week for both of ourselves. I think it was the five, so five records. I think it was um ten games in a row he's now scored for Liverpool. Yeah. club record the highest Afri- the highest scoring African player in Premier League history yeah. the first away prem- the first hat-trick at Manchester United by an opposition player in Premier League history the first Liverpool player to score a hat-trick at Old Trafford since 1953 and the first Liverpool player in history to score on five successive away league games which is just utterly remarkable from for me the best player on the planet right now be no surprise, Tommy, that Liverpool have also got my team of the week. Who are yours? Yeah, no, I have, I have, to, I have to give Liverpool that one as well. Just it, it just felt like one of those games that you just as a, as a reference point you'll be using for many years to come. Whether just yeah, like it's it's a strange one because some games just go down in anyone's memory and. And, that, and that I think a lot of people that aren't Liverpool United fans might even be bringing that up as well. It felt like that kind of game, just for me anyway. No, it was a special game, special game, special result for Liverpool. We're very much in the title race this season. Tommy, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of Prem Talk. And thank you very much for listening as well. Of course, you can check out our predictions and our Team of the Week articles uh, they get posted on our Twitter and our Facebook. Just search for Matchday FM, of course, the Matchday FM website as well. But from myself, Chris Coughlin, and Tommy Whitehead, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you soon.